Hi everyone, welcome to the AI of Mankind show, where I share anything interesting about mankind. I'm your host for this season. My name is Andrew Liu. I've worked across four continents and 12 international cities. Also, I've worked in tech startups across a range of roles from selling products, making customer happy, figuring out fundraising, making finance tick, building teams, and developing sticky products. Apart from building startups, I've also worked in Fortune 500 companies as a chief data scientist or technologist or people leader. You can call me jack of all trades or master of learning. I hope to make this podcast show a great learning experience for us. In each season, there is a series of interesting things where I invite guests to share their views about their life and interests. Now let the show begin. Today's guest is Giselle Mota. Giselle is a principal consultant on the future of work at ADP, one of the largest payroll provider in the world. As an industry leader, she assists executives and HR practitioner with innovative human capital management strategies amidst digital disruption. Her deep domain expertise and expertise in training and consulting services have led Giselle to contribute to a broad spread of academic, small business, and corporate spaces. Throughout her career, Giselle has been a keynote speaker at major events like SHRM's, EVTAC, Singularity University, MIT. She has also been featured in many public media sites like Fox, Future Work Report, DRE, Chief Learning Officer Magazine, TED Talks, and ADP Publication. She did her master's in business, with a focus on organizational design and change management at the Kaplan University and a bachelor's degree in business management and marketing from the University of South Florida. Giselle loved to contribute to the underserved communities and advocate for diversity, equity, and inclusion, always finding ways to use technologies and strategies for the good of all people and a positive future of work. Let us welcome Giselle. Thank you, Angela. What an intro. I appreciate that. How's your day been? Yeah, my weekend in relaxing. It's cold where I am right now. Like, we have a cold front, so... Yeah, that's why we... So, that's what I We're not clear around my house. So, what's you? That's good. Me, right now, we are experiencing, I know, climate change. Like, today is, like, super hot. Yeah. Like, we are talking about, like, 38 degrees Celsius. Oh, wow, well, yeah. That is that for you. Yes, yeah. We are in Fahrenheit, I don't even know what we're at today, but I woke up today and the everything is like, there's ice on the window. <laughs> wow. Okay, it's a really great pleasure to actually invite you to the show. Thank you for having me. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah, so please tell us your story, your backstory. Tell me, how do you get here from the day you did your startup or from the day you finished school, you know? Yeah. But so I have invited a clear path into where I am today. And I'm noticing that the more people that I speak with, it's the same thing. Like a lot of people come into the future of work space, I do in quotation marks, in many untraditional ways, because this has been a evolving area and fields. So me, I started off, I had a college course, an entrepreneurship course that I took at the University of South Florida. One of the final projects actually was that I had to come up with a business idea, a startup and 
execute that. So um, while everybody else was coming up with novel ideas and maybe playing around in class, I actually developed a real business. I launched it. It was an organization that helped others to find and develop skills and find roles in their field. So I helped people to learn how to interview and resume write and I would connect them with job opportunities, but also just help them to learn better at work. Some of the people who were struggling with applying work and they needed to up their skills for some reason. And I would help at that point. So years ago, I will date myself quite luck and drunk hands with all of my students. Everybody got a small start, including myself. So going back to that, like, how do you even stumble upon that project? How do you even came about that idea? Yeah. One of the things that I've always been interested in the foundational level of helping people to get the opportunities that they haven't been able to have access to. I'm a firm believer. It's in my own experience. I struggled with learning as I grew up because I have dyslexia. And I came from an immigrant family who came to the United States from the Dominican Republic. They had to build themselves up from the ground up. And every experience and opportunity that I had was afforded to me. Yes, because of the hard work of my parents, but also because of my hard work and application, that there were people along the way who opened doors for me. I wanted to be a door opener, whatever I dedicated myself to do. And I wanted to help people, no matter where you start in life, to get to the best opportunity that you could. So that kind of led me into helping the next people with opportunities. Plus, I was always just really good at helping my friends and family find job opportunities and learning and things like that. So that basically led me to the corporate space. After I did that, I jumped went got my master's degree. I went into the corporate space helping with learning and education. I was teaching. I still teach to this day at the college level. My taught economics and math thing. But of course it is. And then that went me back to consulting on my own, where I had a consulting on artificial intelligence and how people can learn and develop at work by using AI. And then that led me back to corporate today, where I am again in that space. And I just been going back and forth. So no to anybody who's listening, if you think that you want to have some traditional path, you don't have to. You can definitely weave in and out. You can create your own path and it's solely possible. Yeah, it's very interesting when you live a very colorful adventure, I would say. Even figuring out like a dyslexia. Oh, by the way, I also have dyslexia, so I empathize. Okay. And, but yet, you also have the ability to identify that you have that net for connecting people, for helping people, and the spirit of opening doors, what comes around goes around. That's true. And so, interestingly, tell me more about the fact that when you were doing your startups and you're helping people and you're doing corporate, all while you've been doing strategy work or helping or advising. How has COVID-19 actually changed digital transformation where you are living and working? Good question. In my corporate space, one of the things that I used to do is help organizations and people to, you know, learn about all these buzzwords. There was a time where I felt someone who was what they call people are futurists and people were always looking forward. I still feel that way, but there was a time where it was very new, where not so many people knew what artificial intelligence, machine learning was, data analytics, the plug economy, virtual reality, augmented reality. These are people terms that were very new and people were just dabbling here and there in certain areas, but it wasn't widely accepted. So before the pandemic, still we were at a place where a lot of organizations who were either leading 
right? In these spaces, doing amazing things, having great investments, creating products or partnering with others who did. And then you have people who they, we would call them that they were lagging behind laggards, right? Yeah. And they were like, uh, we'll wait and see what everybody else does and we'll see if we decide to invest in that or not. We'll deal with our manual processing. We're dealing with business as usual. Our people don't really use mobile anyway. Like, why should we even be looking at Now, what happened with the pandemic was that got disrupted. There was a massive acceleration and there was less of this concept of that all of these topics are buzzwords. And now people's perception is starting to truly change so that they can say, uh-oh, maybe we do want to do more with less. So we need to start automating. We need to start investing because we have less people working, for example, in a manufacturing facility because of the pandemic. How do we reach out to things like product analytics to understand what our machinery is going down and then maybe send a notification through artificial intelligence to a manager who's offsite because he has to be home. And now we can only man our organization with one or two key people while anybody else is home, for example. Or how if I'm a restaurant, I'm a retailer, or how do I get my service and goods to people when they're not coming all the time to my location? And we have restrictions now and people are having to be put in their homes and then not come out, right? There's plug bills and this and that. So what do you do? You start using robotics to deliver services or you start using all of these other type of things. So what this digital transformation that you're talking about, it got accelerated during the pandemic because people need it to stay in business. Business resiliency and business continuity help to move all of these things forward. Not to mention, Andrew, that here in the U.S. Yes. and across the world, Governments started to rally and tell people, hey, if you have skills in data analytics or artificial intelligence, we need you to work on projects. The White House issued a clearing call and asked for the people with skills for that to try to get ahead of where is this pandemic spreading and how can we solve for it in the beginning? So, yeah, what was just some examples where you just kind of happened in the pandemic that all of a sudden Bugwoods became business continuity and business resiliency Less guns was more tactics. Let me help me understand here. So you mentioned about a couple of years ago, was it like four or five years ago? And when you try to talk to people about, hey, I think we need like a digital a digitization or we need to get people to use analytics to forecast or create notification or create alerts. What was the kind of conversation that people actually responds back to you? What was their concern? Hey, do you think we are too early in the game? What was the conversation like? I think a lot of times, it's especially before this pandemic, people wanted to know the specific use cases that if I invest money in a tool and then education and time and maybe change management because if I start to bring some type of analytics platform into my organization or if I start to use gig workers or if I do invest in robotics, chatbots, RP, robotic process automation, RPA and all the what is my return on investment and will my people actually adopt these things? So I think it's, it was more about, okay, give me something small I could start with. Hmm. And if I fail, I fail and we learn from it and we can decide if we pull out from it or not. But I thank you for being careful. And then at the same time, the conversation was like many of chief innovation officers, CIOs and chief technology officers. I remember going to conferences before the pandemic. And a lot of the people who were in attendance that would pay thousands of dollars for a ticket to go to a summit or a conference, they also don't know about a lot of these areas. 
So a lot of people do, and they specialize. Maybe they know a lot about AI, and they know some about data analytics or other analytics, security. But not everybody can take in everything because there's just so much information. That's true. So I also found that some people just didn't know where to start, how to get started. Should I do this, or is that just a buzz? So that was before, and like you said, people are trying to figure out a specific use case. There's so many information out there. Then. So how has that conversation changed once COVID happens? Like there's restrictions, there's lockdown, you know, or maybe at least in part of other parts of the world. Yeah, for sure. I think now people have had the question of, okay, what tools can we use to help us continue moving business forward? What tools can we use to still engage our clients and maybe even create experiences in a different way? Because maybe now they can't come in and touch everything physically in the store, or they don't have the trust or confidence to do that. So how do we now create touches? Experiences, create more touch points as far as experiences that are virtual. So now people have been looking around and been learning from other industries. So let's say you're retail, right? Yes. And we used to have a brick and mortar store, right? Before, you would just depend on people coming into your store, going online and purchasing your products. What you've seen now are people leaning into what we learned from media producers and others who are using virtual reality, augmented reality, and artificial intelligence and data analytics to get smarter with how they sell and to create more experiences that are even virtual. So today you can go shop for an item. You can test it out without ever going into the store and you can, through augmented reality, bring that you know, into your physical space and see what that would look like just by scanning an item on somebody's website or a QRC code. If a new sneaker or tennis shoe comes out and it hasn't been even developed yet in a store, you can have, you can buy that. People are now selling and trading NFTs, non-fungible tokens. There's this concept of the metaverse now that people are dabbling into. And so employers from big restaurants, major retailers, are jumping on these opportunities to create new experiences. Concert halls, museums have developed experience through virtual reality. More organizations are using data analytics tools and artificial intelligence to get smarter with processes and more efficient so they don't spend as much resources and money. But yeah, it's different now. People are trying to be more efficient and more creative. I would say for everyone listening, no matter what your culture is, no matter where you live in the world and you're listening to this, be curious about other people. And when you do that, you expose yourself to other people, the way of life, the way that they think, the way they approach things. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning into this episode. We have come to the end of part one with Giselle Jamoda. In the next episode, we will deal with Giselle Jamoda, which she shared with us on how organization can prioritize digital transformation and what is the agile mindset in the process of digital transformation. She also described how can the metaverse look like in the future of work and the need to unplugging away from digital always on. Lastly, she talked about the need to have curiosity and how an inclusion lens helped to create a better future of work for everyone. If this is the first time you are tuning in, remember to subscribe to this show. If you have subscribed to this show and love this episode, please share it with your friends, family, and acquaintances. See you later and see you soon. Thank you.